Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, you know when you go on holiday? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you have a lovely relaxing time. It's really great. You do all these great things. And then you sort of go, oh, we ought to come back. And we only really did a few nights, right? It wasn't a full week, but like, I did a few nights and then we were like, okay, we've got to come back. And as we came back, we were like, we haven't eaten properly at all. It's all been like street food, sweets, chocolate, yeah. booze. It's been like, and obviously you just go to like excess, don't you? Yeah. In terms of food and not like, not bad, bad food, but you just like, you haven't eaten substantial meals. And mm. so we've come back home, obviously with no food in the house and you go, you just sort of carry on in that kind of state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we, yeah. so we haven't had a chance to go to a shop really properly. We're, we're just eating random crap. So we were just like today, oh, let's, let's cook properly. Let's do that. But even then, we were in holiday mode. So by the time we needed to cook, it was bedtime. So, we like, and, oh, and just, just to give that context, it's, it's, it's about eight forty-five at night. We're 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 starting to record this, and yeah, and Matt's still not eating. Which for no. me, if I hadn't eaten by now, I'd I'd be I'd be starting to eat the sofa. You know, the pillows would look quite edible. Like eight forty-five is is absolutely ludicrous. It's it's um, quite horrendous. Plus the fact that I've got a beer going now as well. Oh, uh, nice segue into the. Tell me what you're drinking, Matt. Getting into it, bro. We're getting into it. We're making magic. Week two of the podcast, and Matt's like, I am segueing the holy shit out of the next hour and a half. Let's just get this segue all the way. (laughs) Oh, we're professionals now. We're two episodes in. We're already pros. And what am I drinking? I am drinking right now. It's called a Minster. Uh, and it's from York, and it's from the York Brewery uh, since 1996. It is a New World Bitter. This is the first taste. I'm going to do it right now. We do it right now. Here we go. Live test. Ooh. That is a bitter. I can, I can confirm. That's quite nice. Bit light, bit, bit florally. Flor- right. A floral, a f- floral bitter. That's right. You have to get my yeah, right, teeth and gums around that, you know. What are you drinking? You on the spirits again? I am indeed. I am on today. Is Captain Morgan's tiki rum? You've got exotic, exotic stuff, man. Oh, like... I've got, I've got exotic taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, when you see me in person, it's the last thing you think of. You think rough, <laughs> um, but yeah, exotic, exotic taste. Yeah, Captain Morgan's tiki. Have you had tiki? Captain Morgan. I don't think I have, you know. Oh, I don't it, think so. I think it's pineapple, yeah, definitely pineapple, and maybe mango. It's like, uh, yeah, proper tropical, and it just tastes like squash. I, I fundamentally endorse the holy hell out of tiki. What are we talking about today, Matt? Oh, we've got so many things to address before we <laughs> kick into our next movie. Um, so, well, first things first, uh, we discovered that we can't be called the Guardians of the Multiverse because, as we explained in the first episode, we're not talking about source material. We're not like complete uh, historical nerds of the Marvel uh, Universe. So, Forrest uh, found out that that actually exists that name in the mcu um so unfortunately we're we're, we're having to strike that name from the podcast straight off the bat 
straight off the bat, right? Uh, we, I think we've come up with another name, haven't we? Oh, yes. Oh, All right. Yeah. So, so we, this kind of is on the basis of what we were talking about in the first episode, what this podcast is all about, the fact that we are just two uh, normal dudes who like to go and see some superhero movies and talk about it. Um, so we are called the Don't Be a Hero podcast. Oh, Don't Be a Hero. I like it. I, like, yeah. I, think, it, I think it's nice. Got with the everyman, you know, with the everyman of 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 talking about, you know, extraordinary people, yeah. You know, and we you know we're not the heroes ourselves, but we like talking about those that are. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, and we recommend you know don't don't be a hero for hero's sake. I mean, go out there, you know, if you if you know that you've got if you're an NHS worker, for instance, and you know you can save someone's life, be the hero that you are. But if you have no clue what to do, if you're Yinsen from Iron Man, exactly, and you're running out with a gun that you probably never used on a whole load of terrorists, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Just make that Jericho missile. Just do it. <laughs> Which actually, again, segues perfectly into the second thing we majorly effed up. Oh, yeah. Major, we- major mistake number two. <laughs> We were like, oh, yeah. So next movie is Iron Man 2. Actually, it's not. What movie is it, Matt? It's The Incredible Hulk. Oh. Yes. So it's Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk, which actually came out uh, in 2008, the same year as Iron Man. And Edward who? Edward who? We, we mentioned Edward Norton in a, in a rib in the first episode. Uh, little did we know at that point, we would have to watch two hours of his face in this movie. <laughs> so Straight like, away. That was his yeah. last and final like jab into the very throat of this podcast. You know, you're going to jab at me, I'm going to fuck you up, and you're going to have to watch it straight away. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, so we we have we have had to uh, you know um, this is just my per, you know personal view on this but I've had to endure uh, for the sake of the podcast on watching this. Um, but we will. But we will. We're going to go we'll into it. Dive. We'll go yeah. into it with fresh minds. We're gonna. We've watched it. We can Good. re. You know, it's been a long while since I watched it. I, I cast that to the the deep dark. Uh, mate, no no recollection. No. no. Re- and it, do you know what? And if the first comment I'd make is even have Marvel, right? Because this is the only film that is not on Disney Plus out of the Marvel like entire universe, pretty much. We, me and Matt, not only did we have to, you know, to a degree suffer by doing it as the second film, we also had to we pay really additional fee for the privilege. We both had to pay an additional fee to watch it, um, which you know, for every all of the other films, I've got I've got the subscription. It's there, mate. I was like, right, bish bash bosh, won't have to pay a penny. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, let's just set this up. All right, just a little bit of context before before we go into the actual content of the movie. Now, like we just said, so 2008, this came out, was this, this was just before or after? Just after Iron Man. Just after Iron Man, okay? Um, now, as Forrest said, Edward Norton is, in this movie, Bruce Banner. He is quite renowned to be quite a difficult actor. Um, and apparently, what I have, you know, source from the internet is that it was actually originally written as a sequel this one to the to the 2003 uh hulk movie right Uh which which mate i don't know if i told you i started watching the first 15 minutes of that movie without knowing it was the wrong one (laughs) 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 like i went straight into it and yeah wow this is quite dated why do, how does it look like this where it came out the same year as i oh it's it's literally the wrong one did you enjoy the first 15 minutes 
oh mate that was messy as well in its own right i don't want to deep dive about that because it was just so over it i don't even want to remotely it, it kind of it kind of softened the blow i think a little bit when i then went into the edward norton version yeah. um but like it apparently through loads and loads of rewrites that edward norton was integral in um the connection of the first movie of the first Hulk was completely apparently severed. And as you know, in the opening of that movie, it gives it a new origin of the Hulk, which apparently if you kind of ignore it, then it works as a sequel. Ooh. Right. But actually in hindsight, it doesn't do anything really. I think in terms of, you know, it being a sequel, I don't think it justifies it at all. That is but a yeah. Fantastic opening, Matt, because that's that segues perfectly into my first comments of the film, mm. which was the fact the credit scene. So the opening credits, right? Why is why was and well now I know, but why wasn't that in the movie? That's what I want to yeah. I want to watch the origin. I want to watch like you know he, he the whole uh, laboratory tests. I want to see like I wanted to meet Betty the proper way, and like mm. I was just I, I could not believe when it, like when it when it opened and I was like re rewatching the opening. Time. I was like, oh okay, so I'm watching a literal entire film's worth in a in a credit scene. It feels like that they went oh we we need to do a load of reshoots. And Edward Norton goes, well, I want a new origin. It needs to be like this. This is how, you know, the origin of Hulk needs to be. And they probably just threw that in last minute because that's what it feels like. It feels like it's just thrown in, literally yeah. thrown in. And, it, and you the, go, mm, okay. It's the, it's the most vile looking part of the film as well. Like just the way it's edited, like I say, everything just feels very last minute. Like it's just the cuts are horrible. It's like, what is what these are introductions to fairly colossal characters, and mm. you've just absolutely given them no airtime. And instead, I just get a Marvel Studios production written across, you know, some voice. It feels moment. like a, a really disjointed prologue, which works perfectly for us because Forrest, I, I think you need to now talk about the synopsis, mate, in in your next. Uh, movie voice because you said you uh, weren't going to do this the one you did the first time around i did indeed and obviously uh i've been practicing uh all week. <laughs> scientist bruce banner desperately seeks a cure for the gamma radiation that contaminated his cells and turned him into the hulk cut off from his true love betty ross and forced to hide from his nemesis General Thunderbolt Ross. Banner soon comes face to face with a new threat. A supremely powerful enemy known as the Abomination. Interesting. I mean, on, on, on the front, that doesn't sound too bad, right? That it sounds to me. And it, well, yeah. And the Abomination never gets mentioned. Never get so that is the weirdest summary inclusion I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. He never mentioned it. No, we only ever know him uh, to be Blonsky. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they and, and as well, they never really give that a chance when it gets to it, but we'll probably talk about that in a minute anyway. Interesting, it does like, and this is the thing, right? I don't want this to be a whole hour of us absolutely <laughs> ripping into this movie, which is going to be difficult in its own right, I think. But there are some things that I'm like, oh, I wish it was like this, or I wish they did it like that. But there are some minor good bits, but I think mostly on the whole, it's was a tricky one, man. It was a hard watch. It, it, it was. It's an hour and hour and forty five minutes, right? It's it's not even a two hour film. If you take away the credits, you take away whatever, hour and forty five. Like it cannot afford to be a bad film when it's running time is actually quite short. The, the, the films we have now, two and a half hours, sometimes three hours, like, and it, and the things they pack in that amount of time. And there were definite scenes in this film where I'd be like, if that was done now, that would, would be cut. 
but like so we get we get the opening that we've just spoken about and then it flies into the fact that he's kind of you know taking himself out of the picture he's um exiled he's exiled he's himself he's exiled he? himself and he's a fugitive exactly so he's so and this is the thing and he just he decides to go to brazil yeah why brazil <laughs> what what uh, what's going on in brazil and where he can't go anywhere like anywhere a little bit closer canada all yeah, right yeah. i know you know this is sort of new york isn't it i think mm. you know why can't he just go a little bit closer brazil's just i don't know random I yeah it's just a bit random all further away if the whole point is that you want to get as far away as possible brazil's not that like even that far enough away you want to uh this is the other thing, right? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm getting pent up, mate. I look, right? He goes to Brazil. Okay, fine. There's no explanation there. He goes to Brazil. Fine, go to Brazil. Want that? If that's where people, you know, in Hollywood movies, when people kind of exile themselves or they're in hiding, yeah, I'm gonna go live in Cuba because that's where everybody lives, right? When they're in hiding, random. But Brazil, fine. He decides to exile himself because he has a stressful life and he has a stressful environment, right? He then decides to go and get a job in a working factory where there's lots of busy bustling stuff happening and he's working with a, a boss that's asking him to fix a bunch of things which seems quite stressful and i'm like okay why is bruce banner do doing this this seems like a stressful environment if he's trying to sort of be all calm and kosher and he's learning about jujitsu and there's those shots of him trying to you know learn about his breath and his breathing and, and, and you know all those kind of things sort of meditative kind of like techniques he's trying to learn while he's there i get that okay that's fine but he's working in a stressful environment mate Cut yeah. that out for starters, dude. Why get work in a cafe? You've not like, started what? yourself right there. But then again, but then again, my the only thing I would agree if he worked in a cafe, public facing. He's what he has got himself into a scenario where he's working, you know, in the least public he's, place. He's smart being an accountant, then. I mean, to be honest, he probably wasn't thinking like. I don't know. Uh, it's how long are we in? He's been there for two hundred days, isn't he? So he's been there for less than a yeah. year. So I mean, <laughs> his ambition might be to go for accountant, but I he's... don't know how quite quickly you go from scientist to, to accountant. Hello, Mister Banner. I'd like you to be my accountant, please. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, your your taxes are all messed up. Uh, they're, they're making me quite angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. See, that doesn't happen. You won't see that happening, right? Uh... You don't see accountants getting angry, really. Yeah. Why isn't he a masseuse? I mean, that's that's relaxing. Oh yeah, well, he's strong as well. He, you know, he's he's still got the gamma radiation inside him, so he I can mean, still do a good firm massage. If he like, is if he is working on your back and he accidentally turns into the Hulk, I mean, could you? You are like, fucking imagine those a, big thumbs I've, going into your spine. I've had a, <laughs> I've had a Thai massage and that was fucking, that was bad enough. But if Hulk stood on your back, I mean, you'd die. But. How's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that massage? Mm, Hulk like massage. Hulk smash. No smash. No smash. No that's, smash. My, that's my. That's okay. My Actually, do you know what? I'm beginning to understand why now he works in the factory. Because it wouldn't work as being a masseuse because he'd kill them by accident. Yeah, he wouldn't work being an accountant because, well, I don't know why we figured that out. Why does he want to be accountant? Because uh, it's too boring, probably. It's too boring yeah. for him. You'll find it. Let you know he's he's an intellect. That's not the type. He can't do a cafe job because it's public facing and he's in hiding. Yeah. So maybe maybe actually being a factory worker is the right. Wow, Edward Norton thought of everything. Yeah. I'm oh. I stand corrected. Uh, mm, yeah. Although, what do you know? What it would have been a good audio typist, because <laughs> he could have just stayed at home. Okay, occasionally he gets the court stuff come through. Oh yeah, I'll type this up. No problem at all. It's not stressing. It's not stressing him <laughs> out. He's not going to work with anyone. Oh, Cynthia, you've given me too much. Oh, my hands, <laughs> and then it breaks. Oh, he's and lying he about his. He's lying about his insurance claim. Oh. Ah. God. 
And then the blood, we have the blood moment. Oh, the blood moment. So he, so he gets a little, he gets a kind of a scratch, doesn't he, on his finger and the blood kind of goes down at the top of the kind of second floor. Uh, and then it just splashes on a bottle, right? And there's loads of bottles on the production line. Bruce goes absolutely mad. He's like, no, 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 you've got to stop, got to stop. Uh, they press the, the big red button. They stop the production line. I'm making this sound as sexy as it is because it really is a great moment in the film. Um, and then and then he sees a little bit of blood and he goes, oh, I'll remove that. No problem at all. Next thing we know, oh, is that the end of the blood? No, it ends up in one part of the production line and then about five or ten metres away in a different part of the production line on a glass. And that bottle is drunk by... Stanley. Stan mother thrickin' Lee. So what's that about then? Because, like, does he get gamma... Did he die? It, this is the thing. It, it, they, it, it's too big a cameo, because essentially, I want to see that character again. We, we can't canonise that into the MCU. This is why this film is so problematic. Because you go, Stan Lee, oh my God, here you go. And he has a bit of that drink and he gets in gamify, gets a little bit overexcited. You don't see him fall and die, but they kind of, in, in, you know, they kind of in, tell you that effectively, you know, this dude had this drink and it, it didn't really go very well for him. So, yeah, Stan Lee got a bit of the gamma radiation and um, somehow died. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it, it was weird. Strange moment. Not. A, it's just. It, it was the weirdest of devices to make the military aware of where Bruce was. <laughs> well, basically, this is the other thing, right? This is like another <laughs> question of one that I've literally written down in my notes is how do they find out that quickly that somebody has drunk a drink and and been affected by the ga- same gamma radiation that that. Bruce Banner has right it mm. seems and, and this is the thing it, it all feels quite instantaneous and again the way that it was put together in the shoot just doesn't really give you any indication on the time because in terms of the only recollection or, or the audience knowing of, of time is the little digits that come up on you know you know he goes day number 20 you know, you know 219 yeah, yeah, yeah. Without hulking or whatever it is, I can't remember. Yeah. No it, it was two hundred and thirty-eight days without an incident. There you go. There you go. So that's the only that's the only premise that we understand of what the dates are. There is no update to that date when these moments happen. So we all think that this is happening in the same day. Like literally, they, they have they have taken it. They have packaged that. It's gone straight into Stanley's fridge, and he has died from it in 24 hours and all of a sudden the American government know about that. Right. Um, so I'm actually, and th- I haven't thought about it, Matt, uh, there is, there is a clear way, obviously Stanley. So that is Stanley died because what happened was his body got put in. They realized that he had gamma in his body. They were like, how the hell does that happen? And then trace it back. But which again, which again ruins everything in terms of all of the lovely cameos that he's had, which yeah. is, I, Fine, let's move on from Stan Lane because we, we don't want to, you know... Tribute to the old guy, but that tribute. was the worst way they could have brought him in the film. Uh, tribute, have a, have a drink, done. Have a drink, done. yeah. Um, anyway, at that point, yeah. Tim, Tim Roth enters. Um, now, Tim Roth, I, I, you know, I don't know about you, Forrest, but I quite enjoy a lot of his performances. I think he's a really good actor. Mm. Um, and I actually remember when he was cast in this going, yeah, that's good. I think that works. Your first initial thoughts from you, because uh, I kind of feel like I'm alone in this. I, uh, in this, wouldn't say he was uh, the worst person by a long shot. I feel, for me, that the uh, I think it's more about what they do uh, with his character, Blonsky, that I'm more concerned with. Um, I mean, what a way to make a villain, English and Russian. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> the, the moment he comes out of that helicopter, like Thunderbolt Rush goes, yeah, he's British and Russian. And you're like, oh, 
Whoa. Oh, he's gonna be a bad guy. He's got he's doubly villainish, you know. You know, he's English and Russian. Well, it's it's just not for me. There is not enough that right. We go back to the first film, um, and we think about our you know our hero of the first film. Are you about to you about to say Jeff Ob- Bridges again? Obadiah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff Bridges. Obadiah. So, and you think about right, Obadiah. Looked after Stark Industries for a little bit, then yeah. Tony Stark came in. There is a reason for the villain, right? Yeah. Reason for that. Fucking Blonsky, absolutely no reason whatsoever, mate. Like, comes out of the plane, he's there to do a mission. Like, so, if he gets, if you're telling me he gets that, like, adamant about a mission, like, how's, what's he done for the rest of his life? Like, mm. it, 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 for him, he didn't know that this mission was like bigger than it was, but yet from literally the first point in the film that he's brought in, he treats it like vin- vendetta that he's had against Bruce and Hulk or whatever, right? He doesn't come and watch it and go, oh, hello, I need, I need to know a bit more about this um, to understand, you know. It's very he gets, weird. He, he definitely gets shoehorned in. I think in terms of there's no setup, there is no setup for his character, which I think is shows how problematic I think that role was for him because it's you can see he as the actor is struggling to really put through a backstory context into the situation, you know, and then the fact that I think there's a moment when he has a scene, and this is actually interesting because like that it was the moment he has a single sort of scene with Thunderbolt Ross in the sort of the hangar, the aircraft hangar, yeah. right? And I think between the moment he's introduced to the moment that he has that that moment is when Edward Norton decides to then run around in the fucking jungle Amazon, pretend to be George from the jungle for about 15 minutes. Yeah. I literally couldn't give a crap about those moments. The only next bit that I got interested in was this moment in where... Uh, Thunderbolt Ross asked him about, look, you should be a corporal at this point in, in your age. And he goes, I'm a fighter. Mm. All right. That's what I do. That's all I know. And that's all I want to do. And then the kind of proposition of the super soldier serum, you understand that Tim Ross character is aware of the super soldier serum. He's aware of, and, and this is again, if we're canonizing his character should have been and would most likely be aware of the Captain America situation, what happened in World War II, you know, all of those kind of situations. And he's probably obsessed about that. And this is his opportunity to become a super soldier so we can keep fighting and feel young for the rest of his life. That's the backstory. But that is only the backstory because of the 20 plus movies we have had. Yeah. If we watch that in 2008, there is no context. No. Because it's not, it's not been played out. Um, if it sits in the MCU, right? Yeah, yeah. This is where I'm going to have to put in my controversial comment number one, Matt. Possibly controversial. I okay. think General Ross and Betty Ross, both of them, both of the Rosses, worst acting in the entire film. Wow. Really? We, honestly, we, William Hurt, Absolutely, like ludicrous caricature. Really, too, too much of a. It, it just from moment the whole reason I loved Obadiah was you had light and shade, and you could see this guy had the persona. He had the public, like it. And I know he. This guy, I know he's playing a general, and I know that's different. It's a completely different world, completely. But oh my god, it's just character. Like it, it's just the guy would have another persona, whether that's in the army or outside of it, with his daughter. With, with like the whole time, he's it's just the same character throughout, right? He, like, but even at the end, when we try and see a little bit of humanity from him, I just don't think there there was enough humanity put into that character but is but it also is that just the writing of the film because i i would say i i and i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you there okay because i think it is the writing thunderbolt ross and betty ross 
I think are the two best characters in the movie from my point of view. Betty. Now, I, I, I think, I think the, the performances you're hating out of Liv Tyler. Now, I'm a bit biased. I am a Liv Tyler fan. All right. Gwyneth Paltrow can get in the, in the bin, but Liv Tyler can stay on the top shelf in terms of biggest fans over here. All right. Lord of the Rings, all that, you know, right? Aerosmith. Oh, Liv Tyler and Lord of the Rings. Great. I can get on board with Liv Tyler. But in this film, Liv Tyler has has about as much charisma. I've got a question then for you, mate. I've got a question, okay? Before you talk about her charisma and slate her charisma, (laughs) right? If if we got the introduction in terms of the origin and setup of the movie in half an hour like we spoke about, yeah. Would you enjoy the character and her performance more? Potentially. I I I feel with her, it's not the story, it was the acting. It, it was I, I don't I don't feel like she'd given herself parameters of a character enough. When you... this is the thing, it's the thing. She she we're disagreeing here, right? I, I say this with love, mate, but this is the writing because because she is playing the emotional states of where her character should be, right? Mm. She loves this guy. He went and exiled himself, right? And she pushed, you know, she got pushed away from him and she's still in love with him. And then all of a sudden he comes back and obviously there's this scene where Phil Dunphy's in it. She's oh, Phil Dunphy. Well, we're going to get to Phil Dunphy. Dunphy. And she sees Bruce, Bruce over his shoulder and sort of rushes out. She's all kind of caught up in the moment and emotional and she sees him again. And you just feel that tension and that hurt. That emotion is there because that's where it should be for the character. But it's not explained at all or justified in the film because the origin and the backstory of which we got in a minute and a half in the opening credits isn't enough for the audience to get and to understand and to invest in. So I I, I think it's the right... I, I, I think I know it's the writing <laughs> because Liv Tyler... Bless her, bless her consocks, really went for it, I think, in the role, as best as she probably could, knowing how troublesome the script was. I think we've kind of touched on a subject in where we feel like we we might need other voices on this. So, you know, if if you've watched The Incredible Hulk uh, recently, okay, or you have a good memory of this movie, it'd be good to get to your thoughts, actually. So what you could do, uh, one listener, if you want to, <laughs> you could email in at don'tbeaherodpodcast at gmail.com um, and let us know your thoughts on this, you know, specifically as well as this kind of subject, the fact that we're talking about Betty Ross and Thunderbolt Ross, their character arcs, and equally, is it the writing? Is it is it the writing or is it the performance? Uh, and also, because uh, I just want to say, you said one listener, but you didn't do a big shout out to our, uh, our most loyal listener, John Favreau. Uh, oh, John. John, hello, John. John, hello, John. John, John, you listening, John? John, John, put down that cookie, mate. Put the cookie down, John. <laughs> John, put the cookie down and tell me you casted me, mate. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. All right, mate. Tom, there you go. <laughs> I think I lost that cookie, mate. <laughs> that, that, that threw me a bit. There, I've been. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know why you went for cookie, mate. Out of all the things in the world, all I could think about was Arnold Schwarzenegger. 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 I'll let you get. I'll let, I'll let you see yourself. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Oh my god! Cut that. <laughs> Let's go back to our good friend Ty uh, Burrell, um, uh, Leonard, aka Phil Dunphy. Uh, so Leonard, he, he popped up. Um, I I felt for Leonard. What a, what a terrible journey for this character. Mm. You're with someone she's not she's not interested in in any world because uh, you know it might have been nearly a year, but she's still thinking about you know, Mr. Banner over there, wherever he may be. Um, and 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 for me, you mentioned that there's a particular scene. They sat at a cafe. 
Um, and, you know, she sees Bruce at the door and then kind of rushes out, right? I don't know. Maybe I'll watch the moment again. But for me, it, it was it was it was too instantaneous, right? And it, and and the 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 camera gave her, gave us an opportunity to see into the eyes uh, of Betty and and really, you know, for her to kind of work that moment out. Like, was he actually there? Um, and then the performance just escalated. Too much of a degree for me. It's nearly been a year, right? You found another fella. You're 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 carrying on with life as much as you can. You've seen it. You've seen a brief like glance of him, and you you you'll be talking to your new fella, and you'll be going, oh, "Hang on a minute, that's that's a bit that's a bit strange." Mm. And then <laughs> and then she because she comes back to who's the dude who owns the place. The, his uh, Ed's mate, I can't character's name. Yeah, escapes yeah. me. But yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, and and yeah. and he, she talks to him after, doesn't doesn't she? She go, oh, yeah, yeah. was that was that brew right? For me, that would have happened in that moment. You, uh, if, if I haven't seen you for a year, right? Um, if I haven't seen you for a year, then I'll be God, for, God forbid. What's happened? Um, God forbid. Mate. God forbid. Uh, see you. I'm not. I think you'd go, hang on a minute, that was a bit, that was a bit weird. Like, what? You'd be like, okay, it's you, okay. And then you'd turn around to the guy who owns the cafe to go, hang on a minute, you, you know, did you, did you just... You clock that, right? Did you just yeah. see that? And then you wait for his... And if his face is literally like, oh, my God, that was fucking, like, Bruce was just there. And I know he's just seen Bruce, so he's not going to be as surprised, but he's still going to be surprised that he, Bruce just had the, the balls to, to show his face. yeah walk in and then she would have it would have been a oh my god oh my god it was him rush out but it, it, that just moment it's messy it's messy mate it's messy writing runs out ah yeah so you've got to scream for mate you just run around like scream and run scream and run you don't just no one stands in one play and it, mm. I, don't know. I think you're right you're right mate there was there's different circumstances that scene could have played out and I think of more kind of realistic circumstances, just that the whole melo, it was melodramatic that scene, wasn't it? Like the fact that she came, you know, she ripping. <laughs> I feel so sorry for Phil Dunphy's uh, character, Ty, Ty. I'll call him Ty, Ty Burrell's character, right? He, he was mid conversation and she just ignores him. She yeah. just runs out, right runs out. out. No, you know, you'd at least you'd at least do the, the do the normal like. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. Can I just, just go? Gonna, I'm just gonna go check. Yeah. Just, you know, could I just? Yeah. You know, so I'm sorry, uh, Phil Dunphy. It's uh, it's so weird. It's incredible. so weird. So yeah. So that's but that's they're my thoughts. I think the general. Uh, I mean, for me, there there are not many standout performances. I mean, Christ. Oh, oh wait, there is one standout performance, mate. There is one. It's another cameo. Did you see the other cameo? Uh, are Did we? See hang it? on, we're getting far too ahead of ourselves. I don't. You, we we let's. I'm moving straight ahead. No, it might not be the one you're talking about. Um, there is a moment, and it is kind of round about that time anyway, because it is kind of just before the fight scene in the university, you know, along the green where new super soldier Tim Roth turns up. Um, yeah. Just prior to all that, uh, Edward Norton uh, goes to security, I think, and bribes security with a box of donuts. And that security guard is none other than the legend Lou Ferrigno, who was the original Hulk in the TV series that I actually grew up watching. And so he's in, he's, he actually has a few lines with Edward Norton. Mm. in the film um he actually also has a cameo in the original uh for the first blockbuster movie of the hulk in 2003 with stanley in his scene as well so he actually has two kind of cameos Ooh. in ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, let's talk about it now, then. So, oh. the, 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 this performance of Edward Norton is convoluted. It, it's not remotely the Hulk we anticipate and expect to see in at all. It is stale. It there is there is what I think he thinks he's delivering subtlety actually is nothing. There is nothingness. In it, I didn't. It was stale for me. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like his performance. I think the way that he his lines were written poorly. Um, his whole, from what we gather about his journey in this, the the uh, the production of this film is exactly it, he he portrays that struggle in his entire performance. Like yep. it's almost like he's turned up to work and thought, oh for fuck's sake, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, three, two, one, action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, right, massive gripe. What the holy hell were they thinking? As it, as I'm going to describe it, and you've got to tell me which scene I'm on about. Right? Sorry. The King Kong scene. The King Kong scene? Yep. Which scene is the King Kong scene? Is this is this jury is this uh I'm trying to think. He doesn't climb a tower, does he? No. You're you're gonna you'll kick yourself in a minute, mate. The Big. King Kong scene. Yep. No, I don't I don't. This goes to show how much I right. have a short term memory loss with this. <laughs> I literally watched it yesterday. But he's in the film at this point. Right, we've had the cheesy oh rain on the motorway, right? Uh. And, then, and then after that, I think we have he's because he becomes Hulk. It's the next time he becomes Hulk, right? So he oh yes, in the yeah. cave, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know it, you know, yes. right? God, the yes, whole scene. I just it, because you were going on about it earlier, where we we just see Edward walking. Just walk, just walking. I'm, I'm bored of his acting as it is. Let alone he, he literally is doing a boring activity. But this one is oh my god! It is is his Hulk. He sat there like a petulant child, like a green petulant child, sat next to Betty, who's just fluttering her little eyelids uh, at Hulky boy. Right, stood in a ca- in, in a cave. Lightning hits because Hulk, Hulk loses all kind of you know absolutely no reason why Hulk has to become a fucking like infant the minute he turns into the Hulk. There's no reason for that. Gamma, does it, it might turn you physically. It, it, it's not going to go right. We're going to give you a mental age of five now. Uh, and um, and he and he goes, oh, I've got thunder, oh thunder and lightning, oh god, oh no, oh rage, oh. And then and then he has to sit down for a bit in probably a puddle in the cave. Sat down, his ass is getting wet. She's fluttering her eyelids. It and it's like just literally like you're watching. Like King Kong and whoever you know. That's so true. There's no, there's no, um, and that's and again, if you put this into comparison to the way that um, Black Widow's relationship is with Bruce Banner slash Hulk in the MCU, is is vastly different. It's not kind of like oh, 
oh don't be oh don't be you know there's no there's no real kind of weird kind of petulant innocence adolescence coming out of the hulk's behavior yeah it's deeper than that there is this kind of like there is this moment of recollection that the hulk sees in black widow and then they you know she talks about you know, the sun's getting real low and then all of a sudden she there has this kind of like trigger line yeah. for him there is there's none of that and that's actually when those moments were happening in in, in that film all i was thinking about was how right they did it with yeah. black widow in the hulk oh really really good and and, yeah. and i think you don't appreciate what they've done with hulk until you go back and watch this film is the tone of this movie is even so vastly different to the tone of what iron man is you look what iron man is and that works within the mcu wholeheartedly right when we talk about it being the foundation of the rest of these movies coming out hulk just doesn't sit right and that's my main and whole gripe of this movie it doesn't fit in the puzzle because of just creative differences egos that are in this and unfortunately i think if it worked with being a collaborative effort we probably would have got a better morph to fit MCU Hulk movie, which we still have had yet to have in terms of standalone thing. Um, but can we can we go back to one of my? Should we talk about our favourite moments? Favorite. We do need to talk about our favourite moments. Okay. Um, I have one one favourite moment, and it only because it just made me laugh my head off. Yeah. Was was the uh, trying not to Hulk out during sex scene. <laughs> Did you did you remember this bit where him and uh, Betty have a moment alone, oh. and his and his and his uh, watch is beeping. His heart rate obviously is elevated. He's getting he's in the heat of the moment. He's feeling the passion with Liv Tyler. I mean, who wouldn't be feeling that with Liv Tyler, right? So he's feeling it, and then he sort of notices his heart rate's up, and he goes, "Oh, wait, no, I've got to pull out. I've got to pull out. <laughs> Steady on." Okay, and he's like, I can't do this. And she's like, Why, why, why? And he was like, Well, babe, if, if we're gonna keep going, I'm I'm gonna hulk out. And, and I'm I'm thinking, hang on. Surely that's a good thing. Oh, oh well, okay, right. I've got to I've got to take us further back, Matt, to describe. Oh god, come on. Right. Edward, don't, don't do when that. we when we said about Bruce being a masseuse. And that the fact that that rhymes makes me very happy. Bruce the masseuse. <laughs> That's got to exist out there. Come on, I've got. I'm searching that. Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. But but for those reasons, Matt, that we outlined earlier, I mean, he could turn into Hulk, and she could have a great time for about half a second before she is crushed to death. So it, it, it's one way. It's one way of departing the earth. But uh... apparently, this question came up in uh, an, an interview later on when the Avengers came out, the first Avengers, mm. where I think um, I think Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, I think, were asked the question of what's the worst place to Hulk out, and I think RDJ said the bedroom, and then Chris Evans was like, actually, surely that's the best place for it to happen that's only my favorite moment just because it made me laugh it made me think yeah uh, about if they did go with it mm. that you know what would have happened anyway what's your what's your favorite mo- moment mate uh so my favorite moment um probably uh, well there's two there's two right one of my favorite moments he has uh rocked up so bruce goes to the laboratory he's trying to get the data um, and up, up uh, comes Norton 360 antivirus, and <laughs> we, we, it's just it just made me laugh because so as a kid, I my mum my mum was always really really adamant that we pop Norton antivirus on all computers, all laptops, right? I couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't buy anything without. Have you got Norton? Have you put Norton on it? Forest, forest, and you put Norton on that. Yeah, all oh, this got three devices. This can be put on, and you know, here's your serial code. And it, and it just made me laugh that you know, in probably it's got to be one of the most secure laboratories, 
right? It must be. It must be. If they're doing they've experiments, got to have like some that, backup. You've got to have got some to backup. Have backup. Of course, it's the Norton antivirus. Of course, it is. We're oh, mate, Norton antivirus, man. Nothing can get through that. <laughs> what are you getting your subscription? Oh, absolutely. Jesus Christ, mate. Oh God, yes, yeah. Can't say no to that. That was fantastic. Um, the other. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was, but Hulk at basically at some point. I mean, we it, we are really we are really digging, aren't we? We're here? scraping the barrel for good moments. We are <laughs> we're scraping the holy this barrel. Is, this the is fact, desperate. The fact that I'm having a look at my night, like I can't even remember my favourite moment. I'm having I, I mean, have to go to notes to to justify why it was. At least pretend. Pretend your favourite moment is. Um, <laughs> Is that how? So there was a, a splash of comedy somewhere, uh, somewhere in the film, where, and you might remember more. And it was Hulk. Basically, it, it reminded me very much of you in Iron Man when I described that I loved the bit where uh, he, the first time he's he's in um, he, he is like in the Iron Man armor, uh, Mark One, and he and his arm gets caught in the rock. Yeah. That same thing happens in this film at yeah. quite a funny time. And I, I'm sure it's him, it's Bruce and Betty together. And at some point, he like, it might even be the cave moment. And he lash, he like lashes out and his, and his f- whole fist gets stuck in a rock. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is that moment, actually. And I, I, it's played for, it's played as a kind of funny bit. And it, and, Oh mate, that is. I mean, you are you Fucking really dug for that. That is you really dug for oh, a favorite moment. There. Properly dug, but because if I mean <laughs> if I'm being serious, Matt, I try to keep it about the film. But if I'm serious, my favorite movie was so my partner's uh, called Sophie, right? Um, you you know that well. I'm not I'm not trying to describe that to you. <laughs> yes, mate. No, that's um, <laughs> but as a reference point. Just in case so, forgot. Yeah, just just in case you forgot. But once Banner got captured, right? So he gets captured um, in in America, doesn't he? There's a big old where like mm-hmm. um, yeah fallout, and then he gets captured, and he's in the yep, bed, yep. right? Yep. And at this point, Sophie had been coming in and out of the living room, watching like seeing various bits of the film, right? Got to that part, so quite 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 near the end of the film, right? That's just before uh, Blonsky goes full Godzilla, right? Um, Sophie walks in and goes, "This looks like the shittest movie," <laughs> and I just start absolutely wetting myself. <laughs> She's never watched it. She doesn't know anything about Marvel films. We've got what no astute astute observation. What an incredibly accurate opinion to have for a film she knows nothing about for a whole set of uh, for a universe worth of film she knows nothing about and she came in looked dead at the tv looked at me and went this looks like sh- this just looks like shit and it, and it had, had the kind of disgust and hatred on her face that just absolutely made me piss myself laughing That's so uh, funny and that, and that is so funny if i'm honest matt that was my favourite moment, and it wasn't even in the film. Well, okay. Well, we, I, I I feel like we're we're kind of getting to the climax of the movie, which oh. is which is the fight scene, isn't it? Um, right. With the fight, yes, the fight scene. This is the big Blonsky, the abomination. Despite the fact that it's never referred to as abomination anywhere, I'm assuming that's what. The abomination is. I just, yeah, I, I can't remember any kind of line or or reference to him being called that. It just that's what happened when he kind of evolved. So basically, you met this other scientist, and I mean beforehand, Edward Edward met this scientist. Name escapes me. Um, who was going to then uh, try? It was actually it was called Mister Blue, wasn't he? He was the person that he was talking to over the laptop yes. um, in the start of the movie. And he's got a cure, well, a suspected cure. And they tried to get that sorted out for Bruce. Didn't happen. When will that, yeah, didn't work out. And then effectively, uh, Bronski then found him and went, you're going to, you know, 
stick some more of this stuff in me, basically. Uh, and then he kind of evolved into abomination. And and then all of a sudden he went on a rampage and that was that. Yeah. And then here comes here comes the end of the movie. So last week, uh, or not last week, but in the last podcast, you might remember, Matt, that we discussed um, where we both have different visions of a fight scene and that civilians, for you, you don't really feel that they should be a part of, right? You don't I, I, I still don't, even less so in this movie. For me, still do, and depressed by the lack of civilians in this film, right? Lack. I mean, of they, would, they were just running. They were just running, they, getting they, out of the way. But there was a part in this film which I thought, if this was a Hulk film from now, right, and you've got all the comedy and all of that, there was a brilliant setup. You know, the big fight in the park, right? Mm-hmm. If if at, initially um, Hulk uh, or Bruce became Hulk, and there was just what I would have loved more than anything is there was just like four, like a family of four, right, playing golf, and just for a little golf ball, tiny golf ball to hit massive Hulk, right? You just. <laughs> You see, it, your smile's coming, and it would have just been Hulk's little demon eyes, and then these four absolutely petrified people playing golf. <laughs> that would be great, mate. That would that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't That's play it. on it. It would just be he. He. He's rocking out massive tension music. Then you just see a li- the smallest golf ball hit him in the nose. Music stops. Turns around look straight at the family of four they look they just go what the fuck what a wonderful moment that would have been sure. and funny it would have been like comedic relief in what it's what was <laughs> i think at that point probably about you know a good 80 to 90 minutes of just drab mm. movies right yeah yeah it was just drab um yeah i i i, I think i i and this might be controversial. I didn't overly dislike the final sequence. I just, I get, I, it just wasn't warranted. I think that's the only big bugbear I had with it. I think the Iron Man fight scene at the end, compared to the fight scene at the end of this, is on par with each other in it being bad. I think uh, the only thing, the only reason why I think. Iron Man might clinch it. It's because of the con- the context, the backstory. The you know, it's justified that fight. That in the in Hulk, it just it's just not justified. We needed we needed more of abomination. We needed more setup there. We needed more from obviously from Hulk in itself. Where there's no way I was on board with this kind of Hulk. Um, but I think the way it was shot and the way it was kind of sequenced together was, yeah, it was fine. One thing. I, w- I would agree with all, all of that. Only thing I would dispute is that actually, I'll give. I'll. G- uh, this is a positive. Can I can I have this on record? This is a bit of positivity. Is that the the death of the abomination? Right. So the whole strangulation, um, uh, Hulk follows, but yeah, all follows the the Hulk smash. Mm-hmm. That so much better, like in immeasurably better than Obadiah's death oh, or disappearance, right? Big time. That, I felt they absolutely nailed that. That was enjoyable. I got, you saw, you saw the abomination die. Like, I was, oh, yeah, or oh, Hulk smash, Hulk smash. Like, fun. Like, that was great for me. That perfect. Yep. That moment when I was like, oh, this fight scene's actually, I'm actually watching it, and I was actually going, okay, all right. Oh, that's good. Oh, the oh, the climbing up. You know, they're going through apartments. They're smashing everything. They they are creating a, a horrendous amount of destruction, as you would expect for two colossal kind of characters and monsters. Mm. And then, obviously, Thunderbolt Ross is in the helicopter and he tries to shoot down. And obviously, then the helicopter gets kind of like almost set alight and blown up. And as the moment where it does get blown up, Hulk decides to clap his hands together to form a tidal wave of air to then stop and effectively blow out the burning hot flames of what is now on and encompassing the the helicopter, saving Thunderbolt Ross and 
Betty Ross. Mm. It was the, the a, sorry, a clap. Sorry, the Hulk's gonna do that, and that's gonna justify all the air uh, taking you know that out. Not mm. what that was a moment for me. Genuinely, I was like, mm, don't buy that. Don't buy it at all. Is it was it a particularly windy day? I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not aware. Just wasn't aware, mate. Any any final thoughts on the movie before we go to the end credits, mate? Wow, yeah. that's that's telling. <laughs> that silence was 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 it? You it wasn't even a silence, everybody. Just from audio description, there. What happened is that Forrest exhaled very deeply <laughs> and then leant backwards into his chair, like I've given him probably one of the heaviest questions of his life. That felt like GCSE drama. or uh, No, <laughs> no, not GCSE drama. GCSE maths. That's, uh, that's right. More like GCSE it. maths all over again, that. GCSE drama, fine. You know, oh, it's, yeah, but... fucking, oh, get up and be a turtle. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I, it, it, it's fine. It's fine. It, all it, I got to say to you, all I got to say to you is, my friend, is that I'm proud of you, that you, you watched this movie and you even paid for it. You too, mate. Right. I I feel how we both felt coming out of the Eternals. We've still got to talk about that, and that's that's further down the line, my friend. But and and, but uh, to be (laughs) to be fair to the two listeners or one listener, right? The the avid one listener. um, Just to say, if you're listening now and you can see that we've done loads of podcasts, and somewhere on that list. Right, maybe in a couple of years' time, there is the Eternals. I suggest you just flip to about the forty-fifth minute, catch the last fifteen minutes, you know. But do it, do it when you're really busy. But you just got say you got a bit of time to have someone on in the background. You're making a really nice bag bowl. Your partner's there. You're looking after your kids, and you just think, oh, I love, I love listening to these two. <laughs> Well, I'll listen to the last 15 minutes of the Eternals podcast. Honestly, I can't, I can't believe we're going to have to watch that film again. Oh, Anyway, anyway the, we, we're talking about Incredible Hulk and, and that was, yep. that was our deep dive and we've, we've got through it. And, you know, at, at the end of the movie, really? you go, thank Christ, we're not going to see Edward Norton in uh, a, a Marvel movie again. Um but what does happen is the end credit sequence, which is um, probably the most interesting part of it all, just because it canonizes and it sort of threads through uh, in the introduction to Tony Stark. So we see Thunderbolt Ross in the bar. He's obviously had a terrible time. Um, obviously, nothing's gone to plan in terms of trying to get the Hulk. Abomination, that all goes tits up. So he's in a bar getting drunk. He asks for a reload, which I find quite funny. So he finishes his drink, he gets reload. And I was like, okay, interesting term of, turn of phrase there, but that's okay. Um, so he gives him another drink and then through the door comes Tony Stark. And quite simply, just kind of kind of replicating a little bit what happened with Nick Fury and Tony Stark in the end credit sequence for the first Iron Man movie is that he effectively goes... Look, I hear it all went a little bit tits up with you and the the Hulk, but I'm I'm setting up a team, he says. And then pretty much that is how it kind of ends with the kind of the hint of the Avengers initiative. So it kind of links and threads through there. But it's made in those few short seconds, right? It just put a smile on my face. Seeing Robert just put a yeah. short smile on my face, and I was like, Yeah, he's bought he's bought it back. And me and Matt are on to Iron Man 2. We're on to Iron Man 2. Thank God. Whoa. Well, we did it. I mean, you know, you know, if if you are listening to this, uh, one listener, Kev, John, Jed, Judd, whoever you are, if you want to just sort of email in and let us know your thoughts about the Incredible Hulk, if you've kind of endured this as well recently as much as we have, we honestly, the, the we want we need to hear from you. Actually, give yourself uh, the benefit of doubt and let us know that you've had to endure this as well. 
uh, and give us your thoughts, you can email us on don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much, dude. You know what? I, 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 I'm so thankful that I've endured this with you, my friend. I feel like we've been through the trenches with this movie. We have indeed, mate. And I could only put it, put up with it with you by my side, Matt, mate. Oh, yeah, I don't. You're going to make me cry. So we're going to walk hand in hand into the podcast sunset and bid you all a farewell. Goodbye. Till next time. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be A Hero podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or any thoughts, email us at don'tbeaheropodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.